Base Life Podcast, Episode 18. In this episode, I sit down with Val Sobel, Low Frat, and Matt Gertis during the Next Level Speed and Performance Wingsuit Camp at Skydive Spain. This convo was short and sweet because we were using one of the classrooms in the Drop Zones hangar as a recording studio, and they kind of needed to lock up. Big, big thanks to Skydive Spain for hosting this event and to the instructors for giving up their time to chat with me. These guys were extremely busy from sunup to sundown, talking to jumpers, giving seminars, organizing loads, and conducting debriefs. So the fact that they sliced off about 30 minutes of time to sit down with me really meant a lot. As Brian and I continue to jump, travel, and record, um, we genuinely hope to do more sessions like this. So without further ado, uh, this is Val, Lowe, and Matt from Next Level. Enjoy. Three, two, one, see ya. You're listening to Peace Life Podcast with your hosts, Randy and Brian. All right, welcome to the Base Life Podcast. Uh, we are recording from Skydive Spain as part of the uh, Next Level Wingsuit Speed and Performance Camp. In the studio here, we have Matt Gertis, Val Sobel, and repeat offender Low Frat. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Hi. Thanks. How's it going? Not too bad. Yeah. Just finished a day of jumping. Yeah, beautiful day, huh? Yeah. Super long day. It's been a lot of fun, though. Yeah, how uh, how is uh, how has the jumping been like with the various groups and and whatnot? Well, I'd say that there were plenty of smiles. Um, definitely some lessons learned, and some visible improvement. So all around good stuff. Awesome, awesome. A lot of happy campers for sure. Very cool. What um, what 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 were you working on uh, today, Matt? Like with your group? Uh, we've been changing the groups day to day. So we all get to jump with as many people as possible. And today my group was a few guys who were pretty focused on wingsuit base. Their goals were all tied to performance in the wingsuit base environment. Yeah, so mainly we just worked on some speed and glide exercises. We did some corkscrews, some flares, and uh, focused on flying precise in a tight group at high speed. Sweet. Val? <laughs> well, you're in my I'm, group I'm gonna, today. I know, but I'm going to ask anyways. Tell us about your group. Oh, my group was great, Randy, because you're in it. Uh, no, we had a lot of fun today. We were actually working on initially how to make turns as a unit. So diving 270s into some like group flares, which usually is a lot harder than <laughs> background noise. It's a lot harder than you'd ever expect just because you have to actually hold back. You know, you can't just fly for yourself and max out and hope everybody catches you. Everyone's got to work as a team. So we were really working on group flying today as opposed to individual max performance. Yeah. What about you, Lo? Yeah, it's been a great camp so far. The the staff here at Skydive Spain have been uh, really hospitable, and uh, all the Spanish have been super friendly, and we're having a great time every day and every night, and uh, I'm really happy to be here. And uh, basically, I think uh, as a whole, I think I've been helping my groups uh, sort of explore the limitations of their wingsuits. So um, as fast and with as much performance as possible, and then being able to be comfortable slowing it down as much as possible to sync up with the group and then pick it up and move from there. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. Before we go too much further into the, um, the, this specific camp, um, Matt, can you tell us a little bit about Next Level and how it got started and 
with the goals for this uh, organization? Yeah, so it's all about uh, trying to make people safer. But you can't make anybody safer. All you can do is give them information so they can make themselves safer, I guess. Um, we're trying to collate and organize all the information that kind of the top 1% has and distribute it as much as possible to everybody else, any, to anybody who's interested, really. Um, it's a collaboration. It's it's not a company or a business. It's a collaboration between um, kind of some of the elite in the sport, we like to think. Awesome. And what um, what are some of the topics that you cover with Next Level? We are primarily focused on wingsuit skydiving. Um, that's been the majority of what we've done so far. Base jumping comes into it as well, um, particularly wingsuit base. As far as base jumping education at the first jump course level, that's already pretty well standardized, and we're not, you know, super interested in, you know, upsetting that. There's a lot of people doing good work out there, and there's no reason for us to like add to the the pool really. But wingsuit base jumping is more or less uncharted territory in terms of like an organized and structured progression and training, and that's where obviously we've seen the most fatalities in pretty much any branch of the sport. So there's a lot of work to be done there, a lot of information that needs to get out, and uh, wingsuit skydiving as well because the two are basically intertwined. Awesome. Yeah, I, kn- I know I was really excited when um, when I saw Next Level pop on the scene as a, another way for people to get information and to uh, to spread the word on what what right looks like and what's safe. Um, so I was super stoked when Lowe convinced me to uh, to come to this camp. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to make it due to, you know, life things, but but I'm definitely happy to be here. So, Val, tell me a little bit about organizing and uh, some of the challenges that come with uh, herding cats in this uh, <laughs> environment. Yeah, herding cats. That's a, yeah, overused term, but it's totally accurate. Um, organizing, at least in the U.S., uh, it's slowly changing, but in the past it's been it's a lot of getting people to just to fly around you, right? And getting people to fly within a relative area and not a lot of focus beyond that. If you do, usually what's happening is we're starting to fly really slow and test like the lower range of our suits. And I feel that's where we tend to fly because it's easy to do. So what's been really fun over the last year or two is actually making people, you know, even when I'm just organizing, whether it's coaching or not, it doesn't matter, getting people to understand that there's a lot to do in your wingsuit. There's a lot of other ideas. There's other things besides flying flat formations, there's ways to fly faster, fly steeper, you know, do dynamic maneuvers, etc. Sweet. That's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. So what's the what's the hardest part of doing all that? <laughs> getting people to not lurk. Yeah. I call them lurkers and I've called out several friends, but getting people to realize that flying far apart is actually much more dangerous than flying close. Um, I'm terrified if I'm, you know, flying base for a group and I see three or four people 50 meters or, you know, hundred feet away from me, whichever country mm-hmm. you're in. And, uh, so it's just, it's terrifying. So I try to convince them to understand, like, it doesn't hurt to hit me from really close. And that's where yeah. I want you to be flying. Yeah. Like I, I got bumped today and, and quirked out. I thought I just, you know, flew into a burble or something. I didn't even notice it until, uh, after the fact. So Rubin's racing, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Gotta get, close. <laughs> Gotta get really close yeah. or else it's dangerous. I mean, that's yeah. where mid-air collisions happen to high speeds is those closing speeds. And if you don't have a closing speed, mm-hmm. you're already safer. Awesome. I think one of the, the crown jewels I think for next level is, uh, 
backing up a little bit, when I started wingsuit skydiving, uh, it was such a mystique about what it meant to be a good flyer and how to get there. It seemed like a lot of people just sort of arrived to being legendary wingsuiters, and it was just sort of confusing. You'd ask one person one thing, you'd get a different answer, you'd ask person another thing, and you'd get a different answer. So um, what we've done is set up our SDPs, skills development plans, and it's really sort of created a yellow brick road to becoming a better wingsuiter and uh you know various instructors are on different points within this road and uh we're more or less here to show you the way of how we're learning how we're continuing to get better and the path that we're on and uh it's a pretty clear path to follow it takes uh some takes some uh some time and effort and uh commitment and um, we think that everyone can get there if they want to I think one of the things Lowe's pointing out too is the fact that we're even still learning, right? Like one of the best things about our program is you're never done learning and none of the coaches are, right? Like we try to explain that to students and make them realize you're never a master of what you're doing, right? You're always a student. And as long as you are a student, you're, in, you're on the right side of the path. That's how you stay alive in base. That's how you get better at skydiving, whatever it may be. It's just a constant evolution. Always learning. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I accepted when I turned like, 34 i was like i'm never gonna have it figured <laughs> out you know there's always just gonna be more challenge you know so i'm doing well then uh, yeah and, <laughs> and the sky sports is the same as soon as you got something nailed but there's something else going on that you're gonna want to do as so homer simpson says is no matter how good you are at something there's always one million people that are way better right <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i know when, when i saw fred and vince fly into the plane i was like well pfft. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> I'm never going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you're having fun. That's what you're doing, Randy. Come on, yeah. you're having fun. Had a blast. Had a blast. Um, so what are some of the common trends that um, that you observe when you're doing these kind of camps? Well, what do you think people get out of it? You looking at me? Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll take this one. Yeah, no, I... Uh, wow. A lot of the trends are people flying slow you know, not understanding the full potential of a wingsuit that they are flying or what they do have. Um, or the fact that they've missed basic skills in their progression. So a lot of times students are jumping suits that are far too big for their skill range because, you know, someone had something on sale or whatever reason it was, they wanted to fly a bigger suit. So they picked up a freak or they picked up a Strix, whatever it is. And they don't, they still can't even figure out how to slow a suit down. They don't understand what flying steep means. They don't understand angle of attack. Any of the basic concepts that we feel are really important, we have to usually encourage someone to try to take a step back and reality check their ego to go, okay, I, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. There's a lot to learn. So just like if your smaller suit's not performing, you don't just go get a bigger one? Is that I mean, what you're saying? You, you can be like 60% of the rest <laughs> of the population, but we're trying to change that, and that's some of the challenges we faced, you know, is getting people to understand those things and that there's a, a real purpose behind you know, understanding a suit. Like there's a reason to understand your suit and learning to fly efficient. Val and Lowe both touched on the fact that a lot of people don't understand the full performance range of their wingsuits, right? They're not maxing it out. They're not experiencing its full potential. And that is, you know, a clear indicator of not being ready to upsize or, you know, or get a new design or whatever. So getting people to push themselves and like Val says, to learn to fly even slower than suits go slower than most people think and faster than most people think and getting them to experience both ends of the spectrum is kind of our goal because you should be able to use the full range comfortably. Absolutely. I mean, 
feel like you should be maxing out in your suit before you decide to get another one. You should be able to see full potential. Yeah. It's kind of like wingsuit. It's like canopy downsizing, right? I mean, we tell right. you you should be able to land it crosswind, downwind, no wind, whatever it may be, right? <clears throat> land it in rears, maybe. It depends on your canopy, right? But all sorts of these things that we just skip over in wingsuiting because for some reason it's a new discipline, even though it's more than 10 years old. Right, and we're just like, ah, oh, well, I got somebody else has a suit. I'm going to try it on. It's going to be fine. I mean, the reality is, there's a lot of things you should be trying in a new suit before you upsize. And there's all sorts of these checklists that you know we're next levels working on creating, but that should even just be out there already. You know, whether it's can you transition in your suit yet? Can you corkscrew it? Have you gotten into a flat spin in your suit? Have you recovered? What like, have you gotten to the max potential? Have you stalled it out? Whatever it may be. And how do you do all those things? Exactly. And how many times should you do them? And in which suit before you get the next suit? And like Lo says, there's a map now. And like Val says, that structure is lacking in wingsuit flying. It's Wingsuiting has kind of become, or it still is, this bastard stepchild of skydiving disciplines. You know, we've got so much organization and such a clear path of progress in free flying, in tunnel especially, with a big coaching industry and people progressing at a really measured and responsible rate. And then wingsuit flying is just kind of chaos, right? People don't understand what it means to fly well or how to get there. And there is no map. So we're all about sort of making wingsuit flying more professional, getting people to take it more seriously and eliminating kind of the major pain points in the sport. Um, the three biggest categories that we've identified are tail strikes, midair collisions, and cutaways slash off landings, right? Like that, those are the issues. Those are the things that basically endanger the sport and the people in it. Those are the things that make drop zones hate us. Those are the things that make wingsuit flying weird to people who get into it and get scared out of it. So a lot of our training, at least in the skydive environment, is organized around reducing accidents in those categories. And that's basically from the beginning of the jump until you land. We cover all the points at every camp. Yeah, and and that's been uh, you know having being a part of this camp, um, you know, safety has definitely been a primary um, focus. And we, um, I mean, every jump, you know, that we've talked about the exit, and it's, it seems like transitions are when danger happens a lot of times. Whether you're transitioning from cliff to earth or to the air, right? Transitioning from flying to deploying a parachute um, shifts in the stage of the jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of transition. I think it's important to touch on too that just because we're emphasizing safety doesn't mean that we're not maximizing fun. You know, I think there's a common misconception that, you know, we're the fun police or not us in, in general, but safety people are in, you know, the fun police. But mm -hmm. if you can see the sort of smiles that are around the drop zone today, you know, we're just keeping the smiles nice and big, keeping everybody alive and uh, opening without any, uh, any problems, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's no secret that the better you get at something, the more fun it becomes. Absolutely. <laughs> right. That's the whole right. idea, right? Yeah. The bigger the smiles get. And the, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, people, people like to learn. People like to learn. They like to like, that's what makes people smile too. They learn something, they get better at something like Matt just said, and that brings a grin on their face. It never ends. Right. And if you can plant that seed here with you know, the local jumpers and then do it somewhere else at another drop zone at another camp, you know, maybe you can change the uh, perception that wingsuiting has, not, and not just the perception. The perception is there for a reason, you know. But the uh, you can change the uh, I guess the community as a whole, so that it's not a 
you know, it's not what the old school DZOs <laughs> that don't wingsuit just think it's it is. a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for summing that one up, Matt. Appreciate yeah. it. Touching on the suit size, too, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, misconception as well there that, like, uh, okay, you have now arrived to this suit, you know, and I've, I'm so good that I need this suit. Right, like it means something. Right. And it doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, we're, you just look around with some of our friends who are just straight ninjas, and they're, like, you know, they're creeping back into the ATCs and the Swift 2s, Swift 3s. Uh, a bunch of the new suits that are smaller because they're taking their free fly disciplines and taking it to the sky in their wingsuits. And, uh, man, it's incredible what they're doing these days. So when my friends want to go rage an ATC jump, I'm super psyched, super fun. And I think that, um, you know, we're showing people that, oh, wait a second, you know, there's a lot of fun to be had in these little suits and we can do a lot of things comfortably that we may not have before. And, uh, of course, our goal is to, you know, every everybody comfortable doing whatever they want and freaks, but uh, you know the progression is super fun and very rewarding. Make small suits great again. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still have my uh, Swift one. Don't get rid of it. Right. <laughs> it still fits. You can I mean, still have fun. Too fat. Yeah. But we have guys from all brands here today, mm-hmm. and uh, man, you know the 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 love runs free. It's uh, it's cool. It's not just a brand specific thing. You know, we have a lot of support from a particular brand, but um, you know, it's open arms to everybody. Yeah, and we even had uh, one guy wearing a, you know the other brand suit, and uh, he sat in, and uh, he wasn't even a part of the camp, and he would listen to uh, all of the different speeches and talks that we had, and uh, he was just super happy to be at the drops when we were here. And right. he said felt good yeah i know just like this this level of training with um the caliber of instructors is isn't common at a drop zone like so that that was actually a uh, contributing factor in me changing my plans to to be here because when you when you have like a nice concentration like um uh information flows you know the vibes are good and and learning occurs and that's a challenge at a lot of drop zones. Um, so this is pretty exciting stuff. Do you have plans to do this at other DZs throughout the year? or? Yeah, I mean, the next level camps are kind of happening regularly. Um, just in the past few months, we've been to Brazil, Australia, here in Spain. Um, uh, what's got, next? I can't even think of it. Oh, gosh. Uh, we've got camps, I mean, all over the U.S., east and west coast. There's some camps in, uh, there going to be camps in Chicago and in Texas. And then we've got camps in Sweden as well norway yep norway also and then others kind of as people request like one added pretty regularly yeah Yeah, i mean one of the best ways to get a camp is to have somebody reach out to next level honestly because that's that's we we provide the supply when there's a demand you know otherwise we're guessing where people want education nice yeah i know there's a couple of dz's in uh germany that i wouldn't mind seeing you guys at yeah hit us up (laughs) make give a call so low can you talk a little bit about the um, base progression and the what Next Level is doing to um, hopefully make base a safer experience? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, like Matt was saying, just to piggyback on that a little bit, uh, there's a very solid foundation for first jump courses and, uh, you know, uh, getting getting started. There's even some nice tracking courses and things along those lines. And um, we saw a major hole in uh, the progression uh, in people's second, third, fourth year of wingsuit or of base jumping in general, where they are interested in finding terminal cliffs and and whether it be tracking, advanced tracking, or in getting into the wingsuit. 
this is uh, completely uncharted territory, I, th I think, in, you know, um, in the evolution of our sport. And uh, personally, I think this is the most dangerous time as well. So, uh, you know, like I, uh, I moved to the other side of the world. Uh, I've completely uh, made some, some massive sacrifices in my lifestyle and, and professionally and uh, personally to wingsuit base jump as much as I possibly can. And, uh, okay. So, you know, I, when I started wingsuiting, I sort of wingsuit base jumping. I saw it as a sport that I couldn't do part-time, uh, primarily because I'm a complete obsessive. Uh, I needed to do it all the time. And then I also saw it as something that sort of needed like regular practice and uh, I needed to be on the scene. And, um, so yeah, I, uh, I quit my job as a medic and, uh, my, uh, path to becoming a professional a firefighter, paramedic firefighter, and uh, just uh, picked up and left and went to move to France, Chamonix, France. And uh, part of the part of where I am now is uh, the amount of time that I've spent uh, in that valley and just sort of observing what's going on with people and their decision making and how they're approaching the sport and for what reasons. And I feel like I'm in a position now where I can give back to the sport and maybe help some people along the way and uh, kind of learn the lessons that I did and with luck and just observing and hopefully not make the mistakes that people have in the past. And how much of your progression relied on just meeting nice people or cool people you clicked with? It was um, a lot of that. Um, first, um, I was just it was just straight luck. I ended up uh, meeting somebody in the Dolomites who was a very experienced jumper who was willing to uh, jump a lot with me. And, uh, you know, he was responsible for opening many, many different exit points all over the Alps. And I was able just to follow him along for weeks. And uh, it just gave me a nice perspective on how someone uh, who had a, the long game in mind. And, uh, yeah, I just, just got lucky. I learned a lot from Ellen as well. Um, you know, her progression and, and the way that she approaches wingsuit base um, at, from a female standpoint um, it is also a nice, uh, it's a nice gut check. It's like, Hey, she's doing this without any testosterone whatsoever. <laughs> she's got nothing to prove. Um, you know, like she's, she's a pretty famous wingsuit base jumper, right? She just, she does nothing, cares nothing about celebrity status or, or making a name for herself or any of this stuff. And, um, and it's also, it's something to, it's always helped me along the way. And, uh, Matt had a big, part in helping me progress along the way too he was very generous with his information when i moved to europe and uh yeah i just tried to collect as much as possible from everyone around me right and from the good and the bad yeah and i had a similar i mean at all stages of my my jumping career i've just sort of been lucky to, to meet people that showed me stuff or basically steered me away from something that maybe wasn't such a good idea at the time from my level of experience and uh one of the things I like about Next Level is that you're kind of taking the luck out of it because the the opportunity is there, you know, the information's there, and you can sign up for it if, uh, you know, whatever your your goals are, you know, and there's a now there's a path. Yeah, it's kind of like what Matt said. It's like, you know, there's 1% of the people with the information, so try to get that out to the rest of the 99%. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's really nice. I think people are hungry for the information, you know, with uh, the variety of different uh, – safety style uh, meetups that's been going on um you know in the alps you can just see in people's eyes and the amount of turnout that people are super hungry they want to learn and uh, so yeah it's uh, it's helping us uh, keep motivation to continue doing it
Nice. So what's one of the funniest things you saw today, Val? <laughs> uh, My face. Probably. Prob- <laughs> okay, honestly, probably Matt's face freaking out when I was screwing up the base flying on our last sunset coach jump. <laughs> It was very disgruntled dragon, disgruntled if, if anybody dragon. listening oh. understands what that means. Oh, eyebrows. But very <laughs> eyebrows, like flapping wings at me like he's actually a bird and telling me I'm screwing everything up. It was quite wonderful. I didn't say that. I just gave but, you that look. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, sorry, I read it through your look into the brain. It's like, yeah, this is happening. It's telekinesis here. That was at, probably the funniest thing. At some point, can you, when you fly together enough, can you basically like communicate with each other without actually... I think Matt can communicate that look to anyone, even on his first (laughs) (laughs) job. But yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Randy, you and I had that today where, you know, after we, you you were flying next to me as like a co-base, you know, really you as two, two stacks are flying through, but I was looking at you and finally you realize as I'm looking at you giving this like eyebrow raise, Mm -hmm. like head shift, you're like, oh, she's going to start her turn now. And like, you fully understood what I was trying to tell you within, I don't know, 30 seconds in the air together. You know, that's all it takes sometimes. Yeah, well, and, and Lo can relate to this because, like, you were, you were my Alex for a minute there, my <laughs> Alex Amard, because we uh, do a lot of tunnel time with him, and it's all – he doesn't say anything. He just looks at you, and all you have to do is <laughs> stare in his eyes, and then you're doing magic things. That Your wife's talking about we had a connection, right? Yeah, oh, I should be all right with her. I should probably ask mine. No, no, but, no. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, all right, well – is there anything you guys want to add before we... Uh... I think that one of the cool things about Next Level is we've collated information from a large group of people and have created sort of, you know, how do I say it? Like a, a big pile of info, basically. And it's information that people don't know they don't know, right? Dying Kruger effect of sorts. It, it goes really far, especially on the base jumping side. We get deep into micrometeorology, the technicalities of the start arc how to open exits and how to open exits sounds advanced or something that maybe most people wouldn't be concerned with. But that sort of thing is really important. If even if you're following someone, right, it's, it's important to understand why things are possible and how, and what you personally are capable of, not just from an intuitive sense, but technically, um, there are, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty amazing to me that there's so many people out there that are several years into the sport that have huge gaps in knowledge that don't, don't understand the difference between a media wind and valley wind or where each of those occur and people that are caught out by things like the foon in the Alps, which is just like, I mean, all you have to have is a web address really to prevent that from ever happening to you. But we're trying to fill in those gaps basically and, and get people the information that they don't know they don't know um we took a bit of criticism from some people you know a lot of people think that it's pointless to teach advanced knowledge and base jumping which i think is obviously wrong um there's a generation of jumpers that uh aren't interested in being educated and we're not interested in really trying to convince them we're not trying to change minds we're just giving opportunity to the people coming up so maybe our peers or people older than us don't see value in it but we know there's value and the people coming into the sport will be different those are the people that are looking for information and more receptive to it so it's kind of about the future 
And where can people go if they want to find out more about this? Nextlevel.ws. Nice. Like Val said, it's uh, it's really easy to make an event happen at your home drop zone or wherever you are. Just shoot us a message. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, um, I know we, we got to get out of this hangar before <laughs> they lock it up. So, um, But thanks for taking the time to do this. Um, you know, sit down with me when you've got an entire camp full of people that want your attention. So I, I really appreciate the time. And uh, Yeah, man. We'll be yeah. back. And the training. Thank thanks you. for having right. us. Thanks for having us. Chat Ciao. later. Ciao. All right. If you want to know more about our guests, just check out the show notes. And if you want to give us some feedback or reach out to us, you can hit us at baselife2014 at gmail.com, facebook.com backslash the baselife. And on Instagram, we're at base.life. All right. Thanks.